October 17 to October 23, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us here today on Main Menu. Today on Main Menu, we have several presentations for you. We're starting out with David Woodbridge, and David Woodbridge is going to be demonstrating for us the new iOS feature which allows a user to use the screen on their iPhone to actually enter Braille into a text document on the iPhone or other iDevice. And David's going to demonstrate how we can do that. And then after David, Larry Turnbull, the managing director of ACB Radio, is going to be interviewing Samuel Adler from HumanWare. They're going to be talking about Protege and a recent update in the Protege firmware that allows you to do some things that you were not able to do before and they're going to talk about the three models of the protege and what the protege is and how you can use it and the new features that have been added and then david woodridge is going to come back and he's going to demonstrate using the mb mimic app for ios and android to emboss braille on your Mountbatten embosser. And then finally, Tim Cummings comes to us with a review of the Rode NT-USB microphone, which can be used in a number of different situations on a number of different devices, including on your iPad. And that's quite a neat sounding microphone and it's probably something that some of you may be quite interested in taking a look at. That's what's up today here on Main Menu. We hope you have a great week this coming week. You may have realized that just in the last couple of days the Apple operating system for the Macs has just come out and we will be having some coverage on that somewhere in the next couple of weeks. Next week on Main Menu we will have an interview that will take probably the entire show with Dusty Voorhees from Freedom Scientific and Dusty's going to be talking to us about Magic 13 which is just about to be released and I think you'll find that to be a very interesting and informative interview and there's a lot of neat features that you're going to want to hear about so be sure you're back with us next week here on Main Menu to hear all about Magic 13 as I interview Dusty and we talk about all of the neat new features in Magic 13. We're going to go ahead and get into today's show. You have a great week and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, questions, suggestions, and any other feedback that you may have very important. To interact with us on the show, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. If you would like to find past show archives and more information about Main Menu, you can visit our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with us on Twitter and see all the latest show news, you can follow us by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. 
or by following at Main Menu. If you would like to receive show announcements in your inbox and interact with other Main Menu listeners, you can subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. If you're interested in other ACB Radio programming besides Main Menu, you can learn more about ACB Radio by visiting www.acbradio.org. If you would like to receive Main Menu as a weekly podcast, you can do so by subscribing to the Main Menu podcast feed with the URL http slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.php. You can also hear us by subscribing to Main Menu in the iTunes store or by finding us in the iBlink radio app made by Serotech for iOS and Android-powered devices. Finally, we are heard on radio reading services from all over the world. The radio reading service in your state or country may already be carrying Main Menu every week. If you would like to receive announcements about the latest ACB radio programming news, including Main Menu, you can subscribe to the ACB radio announce-only mailing list by sending an email to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Finally, if you would like to interact with listeners of all ACB Radio programs, you can subscribe to the ACB Radio Friends List by sending a blank email to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Anytime that you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that you would like us to hear, please get in touch with us. Welcome to this demonstration of Braille screen input. Of course, a new feature available in VoiceOver on iOS version 8.0, whether that's using it on your iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad. And what Braille screen input allows you to do is to actually use the Braille characters to Braille on your touchscreen to put Braille straight text into an app such as Notes or like handwriting mode already available in VoiceOver in iOS to search for apps on your home screens. In this demonstration, I thought I would show you where to first set it up. To make any default changes to the Braille screen input mode itself, and then how to search for apps on your home screen and finally Braille into an app such as Notes. Let me say first of all that I've got my iPhone turned on. VoiceOver is running and I'm currently sitting at my home screen. And remember that the basic commands for VoiceOver, one finger flick left or right to move to the previous or next item, and one finger double tap to activate an item once you've heard it. So first of all, we need to go into Settings, General, Accessibility, VoiceOver, Rotor. So let me first of all access settings on my home screen. Settings. Double tap to open. Okay, and there's settings. One finger double tap to open. Airplane mode settings. And I'm going to flick through to general. Airplane mode. Wi-Fi. Bluetooth. Cellular. Personal hotspot. Carrier. Notifications. Control center. Do not disturb. General. Button. One finger double tap on general to open it. General. Settings. Back button. 
and I'm going to flick through to accessibility. General, about, software update, Siri, spotlight search, handoff suggested apps, accessibility, button. One finger double tap on accessibility. Accessibility, general, back button. And now I'm going to access voiceover, so one finger flick to the right again. Accessibility, vision, voiceover, on, button. It's voiceover, one finger double tap. Voiceover, accessibility, back button. I want to flick down to writer. Voiceover, voiceover, voiceover speaks. I tap once to select an item. Double tap to activate the selected item. Swipe three fingers to scroll. Voiceover practice. Speaking rate, speaking rate, speak hints. Use pitch change, use sound effects, speech. Braille, rotor, button. There's rotor, one finger double tap on rotor. Rotor, voiceover, back button. Now these are all the items that you can select or unselect to use with the voiceover rotor, which is the two-finger rotate either clockwise or anti-clockwise on the screen by putting your two fingers at nine and three on like a clock face and then rotating them around, as I said, either clockwise or counterclockwise or anti-clockwise and selecting an item. Now, Braille screen input just happens to be right at the bottom of this screen. So I'm going to do a three-finger flick up and keep going to scroll the screen down. Rows 12 to 27 of 29. Rows 15 to 29 of 29. Okay, that's the bottom of the screen. Touch towards the bottom. Selected. Braille screen input. And it already says selected Braille screen input. If I flick to the right. Reorder Braille screen input. Button. Draggable. Double tap and hold. Wait for the sound. Then drag to rearrange. Okay, I can actually arrange where that would sit on the voiceover writer as well. And if I flick to the right, I don't have any more options. If I flick back to the left. Selected. Braille screen input. Reorder audio ducking. Selected. Audio ducking. Okay, that's audio ducking. That's the other option that's also available now in iOS 8 with VoiceOver. So mine's already turned on. Now, before I actually show you how to use it, I just want to show you how to make some changes to the way it operates by default. So I'm going to go back to the previous screen and go into Braille. So two-finger scrub. VoiceOver. Accessibility. Back button. And that was just doing two fingers side to side if it, as if I was scrubbing the screen with two fingers. Now I'm going to flick down to Braille. Voiceover. Heading. Voiceover. Voiceover. Tap once to double tap to swipe three. Voiceover. Prac. Speaking. Speaking. Ra speak. Use pitch. Use sound effect. Speech. Braille. Braille Sensu 2246. Button. And as you can tell, I'm using a Braille Sensu 2. So one finger double tap on Braille. Braille. Voiceover. Back button. And flick through the settings to Braille screen input. Braille. Braille display output. Braille display input. Braille screen input. Six dot. Button. So one finger double tap on that. Braille screen input. Braille. And back let's button. flick through again. Braille screen input. Heading. Selected. Uncontracted six dot Braille. Okay. So uncontracted six dot Braille. Basically where you would just use your number sign for your numbers, your letters, standard punctuation marks, no contractions. Okay, and that's already selected. If I flick to the right again. Contracted Braille. That's contracted Braille. So what this basically does, it just sets the default for when you activate the Braille screen input keyboard that you can start automatically typing in in contracted Braille or uncontracted Braille. And I've currently got mine set to six dot uncontracted Braille. Okay, now if I back out of that option, we have to two finger scrub. Braille. Voiceover. Back button. Okay, two fingers scrub to come back out of that screen. Voiceover. Accessibility. Back button. Now one final thing you might want to change, I've certainly done on my one, is to change your typing echo. 
So if I flick through to typing. Voiceover. 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 Tap one. Doubled. Swiped. Voiceover. Speaking. Speaking. Speak. Use pitch. Use sound. Speech. Braille. Rotor. Typing style. Phonetic. Fe typing feedback. Button. Okay. Typing feedback. One finger double tap. Typing feedback. Voiceover. Back button. Flick through to software keyboard. Typing feedback. Heading. Software keyboards. Heading. Nothing. Characters. Words. Selected. Characters and words. Okay, as you can tell, mine's set to characters and words. So when I do the space command in the browse screen input keyboard, it'll read out the word as I do a space or punctuation mark. So that's all we have to do for the voiceover settings. I'm just going to press the home button to come back to the home screen. Settings. Double tap to open. To activate browse screen input, I just use the rotor. So if I do a two finger rotate on the screen. Handwriting. Lowercase. That's the handwriting mode that I use quite a lot already. And if I do a two finger rotate again. Braille screen input, landscape, home button to the left, screen away mode, six dot. To calibrate the dot positions, touch and lift the three right hand fingers, then touch and lift the three left hand fingers immediately afterwards. Okay, so that was a fair bit of information all at once. Basically it's got two modes, away mode and tabletop mode. Away mode is basically where you have the iPhone screen facing away from you and the back of the iPhone facing towards you in landscape mode or sideways with the home button on the left hand side. Okay, and tabletop mode is where you've still got it in landscape mode, still have the home button on the left, but it's laying flat on the table and that's why it's called tabletop mode. So your finger positions in away mode are your fingers perpendicular at each end of the iPhone screen. So your left hand going from top to bottom would be dots one, two, three. And the right hand side going from the top to the bottom would be dots four, five, and six. When you put the phone in tabletop mode, i.e. flat on a table or on your lap, you can literally have your fingers the way you would do on a Perkins style keyboard. So horizontally across the phone, rather than vertically or perpendicular up and down the sides of the phone. You also heard it say calibrate, and that's where you put your three fingers down, followed by the other three fingers to calibrate the positions of your fingers on the screen. I find I get most benefit out of that in tabletop mode if sometimes it's not quite getting my finger positions on the screen. I'm going to put this in tabletop mode. I've currently got it facing away from me, so I'm in away mode at the moment. Put it horizontally. Tabletop mode. So I'm currently sitting at my home screen. So let's say, for example, I want to find downcast. So if I do a D. B O W one app downcast. Swipe right with two fingers to launch. As it said, swipe right with two fingers to launch. So if I do two fingers swipe to the right. Opening down portrait downcast edit button. Okay, I've opened up downcast. Let me just press the home button and go back to the home screen. Messages. One in red message. Okay, so let's bring up Braille screen input mode again. I'm going to do a two-finger rotate again. Handwriting. Braille screen input. Landscape. Home button to the left. Tabletop mode. Six dot. If I wanted to calibrate, as I said, you put down three fingers on your right hand, three fingers on your left hand straight away. So if I do three, three. Dot positions calibrated. That's how easy to calibrate. I just put the three fingers down, right and left. So I want to search for my Fitbit app. So I'm going to do F. I. T. One app. Fitbit. Okay, there's Fitbit. Swipe right with two fingers to launch. 
Now, if I don't want to type in those characters, I can backspace or delete with one finger flick to the left. I, five abs, F, 13 abs, 203 abs. Okay, and now I'm back to the whole list of apps on my home screens. So in this case, I can search for Twitter. So I'm going to do T. T, W, I, two apps. Okay, now I've got two apps at the moment. If I do a one finger flick down. Twitter. There's the second Swipe one. Swipe right with two fingers to launch. One finger flick up. Twit. That's Swipe right with two tip, fingers to launch. So one finger flick down. Twitter. And I can do a two-finger flick to the right to launch the app as you'd normal. So if I do another backspace again, flick to the left. W, four apps, T, 19 apps, 203 apps. Or I can even just one finger flick down. Type in Braille, muted, unearthed, VM alert, VO Calin, VO start, VO timer, VO tutorial, via. Swipe right with two fingers to launch. And do a two-finger swipe again to launch the app. The way to come out of Braille screen input is to either do a two-finger scrub or do a two-finger rotate to rotate out of it on the rotor. So if I just do a two-finger scrub on the screen. Portrait. I've gone back into portrait, so if I do one finger flick to the right. Mail. Five and red emails. Okay, I'm back on my home screen. Double tap to open. Okay, let me find notes. So rather than flicking around, I'm just going to use the rotor to find notes again. So two-finger rotate. Handwriting. Braille screen input. Landscape. Home button to the left. Tabletop mode. Type Six dot. in. N-O. N-O-T. One app. Notes. There's notes. Two fingers. Swipe right, right with two fingers to launch. Opening notes. Notes. Access a new note. New. Button. One finger double tap. Note. Text field. Is editing. Okay. Now we're in a text field. So if I do a two finger rotate again around to Braille screen input. Handwriting. Braille screen input. Landscape. Home button to the left. Tabletop mode. Six dot. Okay. And if I type in hello world. H E L L O. And of course, the space is one finger flick to the right. Space. Hello. And world. W O R L D. And full stop. Period. World. And as you can tell, because I've got character word echo running, it's saying the characters plus the word that I've just brailled in because I did a space and or a punctuation mark. And of course, if I want to delete a character, it's a one finger flick to the left as I was doing on the home screen. Period. Okay, let's got rid of the period. If I put a period back in again. Period. World. It's going to read out the word again. Now, if I want to go to a new line, it's a two-finger flick to the right. So remember, two-finger flick to the right activated an item on the home screen. This time, because I'm editing, it puts a new line in. So two-finger flick to the right. New line. Okay, and it's put a new line. If I backspace, one-finger flick to the left. New line. Gets rid of the new line. One-finger flick to the left again. Period. And I've got rid of the period. So do another period. Period. World. And two finger flick to the right, new line. New line. Now, if you want to change the type of braille grade you're typing in, you can do that by doing a three finger flick left or right. So if I do a three finger flick to the right. Contracted. I'm now in contracted braille. So if I type in the braille contraction for this and do a space. This. Okay, it just translated this for me. And of course, if I backspace through it, it's actually going to be the whole word there. So I flick back to the left. Space. S-I-H-T. Okay, I just got rid of the word. Now, I'm going to just switch back to uncontracted braille or six-dot braille. So I'm going to do a three-finger flick to the left. Six-dot. So if I want to do a capital letter, it's dot six. Dot six. And then T. Capital T. H-I-S. Space. This. And of course, one finger flick to the right for that space. And you heard it say capital T. 
t for this. If I want to put a number in, such as one, two, three, of course we do a number sign, dots three, four, five, six. Dots three, four, five, six. Okay, now she says dots three, four, five, six, and then one, two, three. One, two, three. Full stop. Period, 123. Let's put a new line in. New line. Now, if you want to get a list of word suggestions, you can do that as well. So if I type in B-U. B-U. And then do a one finger flick down. By. Okay, it's by. Bo. Bo. Boo. Or boo. Okay, so I'm going to do one finger flick up. Bo. By. And I'm going to choose by. One finger flick to the right. Space. By. Okay, and it's put in the word by. That's the way to get a list of what I believe to be braille writing suggestions rather than just word suggestions. At the time of this recording, there's actually no way to actually edit when you're in braille mode. You have to do a two finger rotate around to edit. So if I do that now. Portrait, headings, lines, speech ray, volume, punctuation, sounds, hints, audio duck, edit. Okay, I'm now on edit and I can use the edit functions now just with the normal on-screen keyboard. Of course, I could also use my hardware braille display or my Bluetooth keyboard with voiceover, of course. So let me just press the home button to come out. Messages. One in red message. And that completes this demonstration of the Braille screen input keyboard now available in voiceover in iOS 8 on your iOS device. Whether, of course, that is your iPhone, iPod Touch or iPad. So I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration. As always, thanks for listening and bye for now. Hello everybody, this is Larry Turnbull with ACB Radio's Main Menu, and today I am with Samuel Adler, who is the Low Vision Product Manager for Humanware, and today we're going to be talking about the Prodigy and the latest features that have recently been added to it. Hello, Samuel. Hi, Larry. Thanks for having me over, and I'd like to say hello to all the uh, ACB Radio members. Great. All right, so for those who may not know, what is the product? I understand it's a magnifier for those with low vision. Yes, that's correct. Uh, as you know, Larry, uh, Humanware is a company that manufactures and designs product for low vision and blind. So there's many blindness products that you know well that are popular, the, the Braille Note, the Victor Readers that, uh, that are pretty popular, the Braille displays. On the low vision side, Prodigy is one of our newest models, our new product lines that's been available for about a year now. And it's a low vision device that allows to read print um, in several different manners. So what we're doing is we're innovating on the, the low vision devices. Um, if you look at uh, historically, um, CCTVs have been out there for like 40 some years, you know, and uh, they're very traditional. It's a camera mounted on a platter, an XY platter with a screen. Um, we wanted to push that a bit further and, and uh, use technology as we are, are good innovators. We wanted to use technology to, to use, uh, to be able to capture a document and digitalize it. So that's what Prodigy, Prodigy is. It's really a device that captures a full page document and then allows you to read it digitally with speech, with diamond edge and so on. Um, if I give you a, a description of the, the product line, Prodigy actually has three models. So the first one is a Prodigy tablet, which is a five inch high definition handheld. So it's very useful for when you're on the go, you have to read a menu, for example, you want a larger print document, you can read it, it's only 10 ounces, very lightweight. 
And also you can capture pages with that. So, so the handheld is one of the very popular devices in the low vision range. So that's our Prodigy tablet. But there's a lot of technology packed in there. There's two cameras, there's Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, I mean, it's got a processor and all that. So the second model is the Prodigy Duo. And the tablet actually goes and docks into the Duo and is the brain for the Duo. So the Duo will be a 20 or a 24 inch monitor. It's got a, a very large frame, uh, aluminum casting, very lightweight, looks good. And it's got a platter where you can put your document down and then you can use a touchpad to be able to read the document enlarged using the tablet as a brain. So the Duo is a two in one, it's a modular system. So you have the possibility of using the five inch tablet when you're on the go. And when you get back home, you dock it into the base and now you have a full extended CCTV. So that's our duo. And the third model is the desktop, which is rather more like a CCTV. So it has a base, it's got its 20 or 24 inch monitor, but there's no tablet. So there's no undocking and docking. The electronics are built within the base. So that's pretty well our, our product line for Prodigy. Excellent. Uh, I understand there's uh, some features like the diamond edge and the touch and tap uh, features. What are those for? Very interesting question. Um, actually, you know, the CCTVs, like I said, are cameras and basically they just enlarge what's there. With Prodigy, the, the, the technology we put in there actually captures a document. So you do have the live possibility for manual tasks and so on. The camera does allow that, just like a regular CCTV. But on the other hand, what we do is we capture a document and then we digitally process it. So what we do is we kind of strip the text off the page, so the print, and replace it with diamond edge text, which is perfect, very crisp characters. So no matter how much you enlarge that document or that print, it's going to come out perfectly because it's diamond edge. It's very, very crisp on the screen. On the screen. So that allows, you know, easier reading. Um, it's very clear, so it, it helps uh, with eye fatigue and so on. So obviously we have all those, those enhancements, color schemes that you can apply to your document. You have the possibility of reading um, in full color mode if you want to also. But the fact that we capture it really is amazing in the sense that what it does is it recognizes what's on the page where it's print and also where there are pictures. So the print section can be in full diamond edge with your applied color scheme, for example, um, white on black. And on the other side, we know where the pictures are, and those will show on the same page with the same layout in full color. So there's a lot of processing that's happening in the background, but that's all automatic, you know, it does everything for you. So it's really the diamond edge that's, that's one of the unique features for this device. The other thing I'd like to add here is that most CCTVs have an XY platter. So you got that, you know, you put your document on the platter and then you have to kind of move it around to be able to understand the layout of the page. The minimum magnification is always 1 or 2x, so it's kind of, kind of big. And then you have to locate yourself, put your page straight, and then read. Well, you don't have to do that anymore with Prodigy, because what it does is it captures and automatically shows that full page, and then you have a locator. What you do, instead of moving the document around, you just put your finger on the front of the device where the touchpad is, just like a laptop kind of, and you move your finger on that touchpad, and basically what you're doing is you're moving a window on the screen, and then you can tap once to enlarge, pinch and zoom, and you have different gestures there that you can add on the touchpad. 
So basically, you're moving the document with the tip of a finger instead of using that big XY platter like we've seen originally. So that's a second unique feature that we have with, uh, with Prodigy. It makes it very different in use and, and so uh, simplified because you're concentrating on what you're reading and not how you're reading it. So that's really our, our main feature. And I might say, you know, there's a whole lot of other things that we're doing in the background with Prodigy. I'd like to mention one, one thing here, the user interface. Um, so CT, CCTVs are kind of a simple device. Um, Prodigy has a lot of features. It has speech, it has memory, and so on. So there's two user interfaces that are provided in the system. And when we, when we ship out a, a Prodigy, it's always in simple. So we want to keep it as simple as possible. And the use case is easy. You take your document, you put it on the platter. No matter if it's upside down, it doesn't matter. You push that read button once, and within a few seconds, Prodigy starts reading aloud and showing you, displaying on the screen, in your settings, your preferred settings, the document that's on the platter. When you're finished, you hit the back button, done. You're ready for the next document. So the simple user interface is, is very easy, very easy to understand for elderly, for seniors. The speech is great because, as you know, if you're using your, your low vision, eye fatigue will kick in pretty quickly. So if you put the document there and you push the read button, you can read visually as the document uh, is, as the prodigy is reading the document for you. But you can also hear it. And speech just eases the process. So you can understand better what's happening, what's reading, and then you can assess that information a lot easier. And obviously with speech, you can, you can decide you don't want speech. It's your choice. It can be on or off. But uh, we've realized that a lot of people will love to have the combination of diamond edge, enlargement, and then having their, their text moving on the screen as they're hearing it. We've put in a few nice features, like, for example, the reading modes. Um, reading a document with different columns can sometimes become a little tedious. You know, it's jumping around on the page. So what we did is we implemented two reading modes, the line mode and the column mode. So if you're reading in the line mode, basically what Prodigy does is it strips the whole page into one single line. And when you push that read button, if you've selected the line mode as a default, it'll come up in one line and just keep it there flowing on the screen so that you don't have too much head and eye movement. The other mode is the column mode, so obviously it's self-explanatory. Instead of going through the screen in a single line, it'll go through in a column, just like a teleprompter kind of. So all those reading modes with the diamond edge and all the color schemes and this speech just eases the reading process for, for any um, individual with a low vision condition. Excellent. These are really some outstanding features for the low vision. So the other thing I've seen here, you've added speech to the menus. Is that correct in the yes. latest version? Yes, that's correct. Um, Prodigy's been out on the market for a year already. So um, when we launched Prodigy, we had many features built in, and we've been doing really well. And with all the feedback that we got from our clients, um, we have a huge list, of, a wish list. And one of the items that came back the most often is that people enjoy reading their documents with speech, but then our menus weren't spoken. They were only visual. They were enlarged on the screen and uh, you used the touchpad to go through the settings and so on. 
in your own color schemes. But the fact of not having speech was a bit difficult for those that are living with a severe vision loss. So what we did is we implemented speech in version 1.2. So all our updates are free. The last update was released last week, version 1.2. And what happens with this new version is that we've added speech everywhere. So for example, I put the document on the platter, I push my read button, it starts reading aloud. If I hit the back button and then the locator appears, it'll say view locator, which is very intuitive because then I know that I'm looking at the full view of the page and the locator's right there. If I go into the settings, and you do that by pressing and holding the back button for a half a second, then my settings appear on the screen, and then you can go through those settings item by item by swiping on your touchpad, and every item will be read at its value. So it's enlarged on the screen, it's very comfortable visually, but it also gives you the reading uh, audio so that you can hear what the settings are. So that's pretty well our, our most recent feature that we've put in the, in the last version. And the main reason for that was to give the possibility of a low vision individual, no matter what type of vision they have, to decide if they want speech everywhere or if they don't. And that's the newest option we have. Excellent. Are there any other new features uh, in the Prodigy or any other features that you want to talk about that we have not covered yet? Sure. Um, I can run you through a few of them. Um, since version one, we've had the the uh, we've had the version the standard mode. Standard mode is a bit more advanced than the simple one that I mentioned a few moments ago. So if you're in standard, then it's more uh, of a use for a professional or for a student or for someone that's comfortable with touch and tap technology. Um, you can, for example, put a document there. You don't even have to push a button; it captures automatically. Then you move your locator. You can tap, pinch and zoom, side swipes for different color schemes, and so on. But what's nice with the standard mode is you can also capture the document and keep it in memory. And Prodigy will remember the last 100 documents that you captured. So that if you capture a few pages and then you can go and take that tablet, dock it off, and sit in your, in your nice comfortable reading chair and push the read button and then read the documents you've captured on the comfort of your, of your desktop device or your dual device. So the memory, the gallery is something that people love and uh, we'll continue building on that in the next few versions. So the standard mode is, uh, is only an option. You can decide to go from simple to standard. It's your choice. Um, there's other things also that we're, we've worked on in version 1.2. The, um, the updating of Prodigy is, is something that we're going to constantly do. So we, we want to evolve throughout the years with uh, Prodigy. So we're going to have new versions coming out every year. The updating can be done through Wi-Fi, so the device is Wi-Fi enabled and you can connect to the internet and then it'll update itself. But from version 1.1, you could update through a USB stick. So download the version, put it on a stick, pop it into the base, and then Prodigy will update itself automatically. We also, in version 1.2, added the video capability. So what we've been told is that a lot of people would like to look at video capsules of how to use Prodigy or how to evolve through the customization of all those settings. And we have several videos that are available on our website, on YouTube, that you could put on that USB stick. And then just pop it on the port on the right side. There's two USB ports. And then Prodigy will allow you to read those or listen to those video capsules directly on the base, which is quite amazing, very useful for training, 
for uh, for someone maybe that you know wants to learn more on Prodigy, how to how to go from simple to standard, for example, how to capture documents, uh, how to perform manual tasks. So all those videos are available on our website. You download them, pop them on the stick, and the stick will, will be read uh, in Prodigy. So that's something that we've added very recently in uh, in our software. So the good news is. When you purchase a device like Prodigy, either the tablet, the Duo, or the desktop, it's all the same interface. There's the simple and the standard mode, and we're going to continuously evolve. Um, when you purchase a CCTV, what you see is what you get. It's a camera. There's no intelligence, really. And either it's high definition or not, that's what you have. Prodigy, on the other hand, since it's digital, since it's very advanced, it allows you to evolve, and throughout time, Versions will come out, you'll be able to update your device, so then you're, you're buying actually the future of what's coming up also. And obviously we have a huge list of things that we'd like to add in the next couple of years. So this is going to be a product that's going to take more and more place. It's a new generation of magnifiers for low vision. Very good. So if somebody wants more information or possibly look at purchasing this device, uh, where would they go to get that? Um, thank you for asking the question. We, uh, you can read on, on Prodigy a lot more on our website, so www.humanware.com. Um, we have our toll-free number where you can talk to our customer service agents, and that's 1-800-722-3393. Uh, if not, um, YouTube, several videos that you can see there that shows Prodigy and how, how efficient it is. So um, there's a lot that you can learn there. But uh, there's also many distributors in the U.S. and North America that you can call up and say, hey, I'd like to have a demonstration, and they'll be happy to show you live what Prodigy is and how it can just make your life real easy. Very good. Is there anything else uh, we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about? I think that's pretty well it, but I really do, um, I do recommend individuals that, uh, that are looking for low vision solutions to look at Prodigy. The price point is really, really low. Um, we've worked hard as a company to bring the prices down. Regular CCTVs are pretty expensive. And on our side, with technology, what we could do is we could bring the price down. I'll give you an example. The tablet sells for $9.99 in the U.S. So, or, so that's very low price for a handheld high-definition device with tactile, with Bluetooth, with Wi-Fi, and so on. The desktop, $1,999. That's the lowest price for a CCTV or for a magnifier that you can see on the market. And the Duo sells for $28.95. And obviously, if you want the larger screen, it's $200 more. But that's a two-in-one. So you're getting a desktop device with speech, high-definition, reading modes, and the modularity of the tablet with the, the base itself. So I just want to encourage everyone to take the time to look at this option. Uh, there's a lot of choices out there. There's a lot of companies that are making good low-vision devices. And Prodigy is just a new solution that's really worth the while. All right. Well, thank you for coming on to Main Menu with me. And we definitely enjoy uh, interviewing Humanware for a lot of their great products. They're very intuitive and a lot of people love them. Thank you very much, Larry. I appreciate it, and I hope that uh, we'll get to talk soon. Thank you very much. This is Larry Turnbull with ACB Radio. Welcome to this demonstration of using the Mountbatten Braille LS, which has the Bluetooth module installed. 
of course, to use it with the MB Mimic app, and that's MB from our button, and then same word, Mimic, M-I-M-I-C, on, in this case, your iOS device, whether that is a iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad. And, of course, you can also get the MB Mimic application for Android as well. The MB Mimic app itself has a number of functions. In this demo today, I'll be showing you how to grab a file off the mount button, save it in the MB Mimic app itself, and emboss it out to the mount button. Besides that functionality, of course, you also have the ability to be able to get a history of what's been brailed in a session on the mount button brailler, a chat mode, and a file viewing mode to see the files on the mount button itself. As I said, if your mount button LS is Bluetooth enabled, in this case, which is the unit I'm demonstrating, all you have to do to turn Bluetooth on is turn on the mount button. So I'm going to do that now. And I've also got paper loaded in the mount button. So I'm turning it on with the front left hand switch. G'day, not charging. Advanced mode. Okay, so the mount button's basically ready to go. And now I have to connect the MB Mimic app to the mount button. So I'm going to use my handwriting mode on my iPhone, in my case with VoiceOver, to find the MB Mimic app on my iPhone. Handwriting, lowercase. Okay, so I'm going to print an M. M, 15 apps, MB Mimic. Okay, and you can tell why I just use my handwriting mode, because in handwriting mode, it's the first item on the list. And of course, you can find it other ways by flicking left and right with the VoiceOver gesture and one finger double tapping on the app or indeed if it's already running, going through your app switcher. So I'm going to do one finger double tap on this one now. Opening MB Mimic, MB Mimic, Active Users, Heading. Now I am currently on Active Users tab, and there's three tabs, Active Users, Archived Users, and Mount Button tab. So at the moment I want to connect the MB Mimic app to the Mount Button via Bluetooth. So if I touch the bottom left hand side of the screen. Selected, Active Users. Tab one of three. That's active users. Tab one of three. Flick to the right. Archive users. Tab two of three. Archive users. Tab two of three. Mount button. Tab three of three. And of course, mount button three of three. So one finger double tap using the voiceover gesture to activate that one. Selected. Mount button. Tab three of three. And I want to touch the top left hand side of the screen. Mount button. Heading. And flick to the right to go through the screen. State disconnected. Okay, so current state, I'm not connected to anything at the moment. Connect, ellipsis. And there's our button. connect button. So one finger double tap on connect. Connect. Select mount button Bluetooth device. Heading. Okay, so select mount button Bluetooth device because I can connect to different mount buttons, of course. So flick to the right. Mount button Braille L08H0951. And that's the one that I want to use. So one finger double tap. Connecting to mount button. Okay, and once you've heard those beeps coming out of the map button, you've now connected. So if I touch the top left-hand side of the screen, flick to the right. Connecting to mount button. Okay, flick to the right again. Connected. It says connected, flick to the right again. Done. Button. And double tap on done. Done. Mount button. Heading. 
Now just to go quickly through this screen and then we'll get on to the embossing demo. If I flick to the right, whiteboard button. That's whiteboard. That's when you can see a history of what's being brailled on the map button in the current session. And if you also want to, you can ever use the on-screen keyboard on your iPhone in this case, or with a Bluetooth keyboard connected to the iPhone to directly type to the map button. Chat button. That's the chat button. That's a two-way communication between the iPhone app and the map button. State connected. That's the current state. Disconnect ellipsis. Disconnect button. button. Flick to the right. Files. Two. That's the number of files currently on the map button, of which there's two, one of which is mine. Show ellipsis button. I can one finger double tap to show the files on the map button. Refresh button. That's to refresh the list of files on the map button in case I've added one previously. Language Australian. Language is Australian. Braille table NABCC. That's the Braille table. Mode advanced. Mode is advanced on the map button. Firmware. VAT2 Firmware. is 20s. Model. Learning That's system. Model. Serial no. Serial L0 number. Active users. Tab. One of three. And we're back to the three tabs at the bottom. So I want to one finger double tap on active user to emboss the file. Selected. Active users. Tab. One of three. And touch top left hand side of the screen. Active users. Heading. Flip to the right. Edit. Button. I can edit. Add. Button. I can add. Woody. David Woodbridge. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. Okay, so previously I've already entered my nickname Woody and my name David Woodbridge. So I want to add a file to my particular username. So one finger double tap on my name. F Woody. Active users. Back button. Flick to the right. Woody. Heading. Edit. Button. Add. Button. Okay, so I want to add a file. One finger double tap on add. Alert. Select action. Okay, select action. Flick to the right. Add folder. Ellipsis. Can add a button. folder. Add file from mount button. Button. Or add a file from the mount button. And of course, if I flick to the right one more. Cancel. Button. There's our cancel button. So flick back to the left. Add file from mount button. Button. Add file from mount button. One finger double tap. Files. Refresh. Button. And of course, there's our refresh button again, just in case. Flick to the right. Diary. Zero B. Flick to the right again. David, 217B. And there's David. So one finger double tap now on David. Files. Translate to print. And it says translate to print. I'm going to choose no. So flick to the right. Yes. That's button. Yes. Flick to the right again. No. Button. No. One finger double tap. Downloading file data. Woody. Files. Heading. Okay, and you heard a series of beeps coming through the mount button as it was connecting and transferring the file across. Flick to the right. David, 221B. Okay, there's my Swipe file. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. That's not a very big file, about 220 bytes. So one finger double tap on that. Alert, David. And we've got a few options. If I flick to the right. View, ellipsis, button. I can view it before I emboss it. So one finger double tap on that and we'll have a look at what's in it. David. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog and raced away never to be seen. A-G-A-I-K and Toddany I saw a little worm a wriggling on his belly and I wonder if he would like to come inside and see what is on the telly. <laughs> so as you can tell I probably made a few brailing mistakes when I was brailing that into the mount button. 
but never mind, it'll do for this demonstration. So I could definitely tell what's actually in the file. And for those that didn't quite hear that, or what it's actually supposed to be, was the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog and raced away into the bush, never to be seen again. And the second sentence was, Today I saw a little worm, a wriggling on his belly. I wonder if you'd like to come inside and see what's on the telly. Okay, so now I've got the file viewing on the screen. If I touch on the top right-hand side of the screen... Share button. I've got a share button. If I flick back to the left... David, heading... That's the name of the file. Flip on the left again. Done. Button. That's the done button. So one finger double tap on the done. Woody. David. 221B. Okay, and we're back to the file name itself. So one finger double tap on that again. Alert. David. And now we're back to these different options for the file. So flip to the right again. View. Ellipsis. That's the view button. option. That was the one we were just on. Flip to the right again. Send to mount button. I can button. send the file back to the mount button or indeed to another mount button that I've connected to if it doesn't contain the file, of course. Move. Ellipsis. Button. Okay, flicking to the right again gives us the move function to move the file. Flip to the right again. Email. Button. I can email the file. Flip to the right again. Emboss. Button. Emboss, which is the one we want to emboss or braille or print to the mount button from the MB Mimic app. Flip to the right again. Cancel. Button. And we've got our cancel button. So I flick back to the left. Emboss. Button. One finger double tap on emboss. Alert. Translate to braille. And it says translate to braille. Flick to the right. Yes. We've Button. Got yes. Flick to the right again. No. Button. No. So I want to translate it into braille. So I flick to the left. Yes. Button. And I'm going to one finger double tap on the yes button. What's going to happen, you'll actually hear the mount button emboss braille or print. <laughs> the file out to us. Here we go, one finger double tap. Embossing file David Mimic. Okay, and that's the file now embossed, and I've come back to the file name, the David file. So if I flip back to the left. Files, heading, folders, heading, add, button, edit, button. Now if I choose edit in this case, I can actually delete that file if I don't want to keep it. So flip back to the left. Woody, heading, active users, back button. And I can one finger double tap on active users to go back to the previous screen and choose another user, etc. So for the moment, I want to disconnect the MB Mimic app from the mount button. And of course, you could actually do that by turning the mount button off. Or indeed, if you want to then connect to another mount button that's also running Bluetooth at the same time, you can disconnect from this one and of course reconnect. So I'll quickly show you how to disconnect by just using the app itself. So if I touch the right hand side down the bottom. 
Mount button. Tab. Three of three. So mount button tab, one finger double tap on that. Selected. Mount button. Tab. Three of three. And touch the top left hand side of the screen. Mount button. Heading. Flick to the right. Whiteboard. Button. Chat. Button. Okay, of course that's whiteboard and chat. State. Connected. State's connected. Disconnect. Ellipsis. And there's button. our disconnect button again. So one finger double tap. Okay. Braille table. Okay, and you heard the mount button go OK and the beeps and now it's disconnected. So if I now touch the top left hand side of the screen. Mount button. Heading. Flick to the right. State. Disconnected. It says state disconnected. Connect. Ellipsis. And there's button. our button for connect. So of course now that I'm finished I can now press the home button on my iPhone to go back to the main home screen. Messages. One in red message. Double tap to open. And I can also turn off the mount button by the front left hand switch. And that concludes this demonstration of using the MB Mimic app with the Bluetooth enabled mount button LS. And in this demonstration I primarily showed you how easy it is to get a file and emboss it on the mount button and I briefly explained some of the functions of the MB Mimic app itself. And keep in mind again that you can get this app not only for iOS, i.e. iPhone, iPod Touch or iPad, but you can also get it for Android as well. And I think it's a very exciting time in Braille that you can actually grab a file and emboss it on such a fantastic device such as the Mountbatten Brailler. So as always, Thanks for listening and bye for now. Hi there, Main Menu listeners. This is Tim Cummings, and I'm here today to review a new microphone called the Rode NT-USB microphone. This is a cardioid condenser microphone that is powered via USB from your computer. It has a frequency response of 20 to 20,000 hertz. It's got 96 dB of dynamic range. It's got 110 dB of for a sound pressure level. And it is, as I said, a cardioid condenser microphone. The nice thing about this microphone is it will work under Windows, on a Mac, or on an iPad using the the Apple Connection Camera Kit. I don't think it will work on an iPhone because I don't think an iPhone has enough power from the lightning port to power the mic, but it would work, will work on an iPad for sure. And uh, this mic can be used for podcasting, for voiceover, for recording. It's got some nice features. It comes with a desk stand, a 20-foot USB cable, as I said before, a standard mount to mount it on a standard mic stand or on a boom, which is the way I have it mounted at the moment, and a built-in metal pop shield, pop filter, to deal with popping peas and, and plosives. And you speak into the side of this mic. This is a side address microphone. You, did, you don't speak into the top of it. You speak into the side of it. It comes with the pop shield already attached. And if you look at the microphone on the right side of the microphone, you'll find three controls. At the bottom, you will find a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack for headphone monitoring. So you can monitor um, the way the microphone sounds with no latency at all. Above that is a volume control for the headphones, which is very nice. And above that is a mix 
knob, which will uh, mix what you hear through the mic. If you turn it all the way to the left towards you, you will just hear the output of the microphone. If you then start turning it uh, the other way, you will hear a mix of the microphone and the computer. So this microphone will also act as a sound card. If you're recording, say, a song and you're a, a karaoke track and you're singing along with it, you can adjust the mix of the audio from what you hear from the microphone and what you're hearing from the karaoke track. Uh, being a cardioid microphone, obviously, if you get closer to it, I'm uh, probably about four or five inches away from it, but if you get closer to it, as you can tell, you get a lot of proximity effect. The bass increases quite a bit on your voice. So that's just something to keep in mind. The price of this mic is $169. It's available from places like Amazon.com, Full Compass, Musician's Friend, Sweetwater.com, other audio uh, stores, even your local guitar center would have it. And overall, I'm very pleased with this microphone. My only complaint is I wish that the two knobs had some kind of indicator on them, a pointer or something that you could feel, particularly with the mix knob, so you could adjust it a little more easily. But I think you could even put a lock dot or something on that, on the knobs to help you with that. So again, this is the Rode NT-USB microphone. And for Main Menu, I'm Tim Cummings. Here at ACB Radio's Main Menu, we are always looking for feedback from our listeners. If you have any feedback about something that you have heard here on Main Menu, suggestions for things you would like to hear on future programs, or if you are able to record a product demonstration or interview for us, please get in contact with us by sending an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also get in contact with us via Twitter. Our Twitter page is at www.twitter.com slash mainmenu, or you can follow at mainmenu with your favorite Twitter client. Finally, all of our contact information, past shows, and more can be found on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. Thank you for listening to Main Menu, and we look forward to hearing from you with your thoughts about our program. We do want to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week and we'll see you soon here on Main Menu.